All right, on the wheel this week. Oh, this is good wheel. We've Halibut, got gross. spaghetti, instant ramen, eggplant, biryani, flatbread, Velveeta cheese, casserole, hummus, canned crescent rolls, and halibut. Wait, can we just do, we need to do instant ramen because we need to pit Korean instant ramen against like Chinese instant ramen against Maggie noodles. Well, you need to make you need to make an appeal to the fates here because this is in the hands oh. of the wheel, my friend. Oh God! Listen, I love Cool Runnings too. I love that movie, but the Jamaican bobsled <laughs> team will not win a gold medal. <laughs> what? Uh, what's everybody hoping for? What's everybody dreading here? Velveeta. Velveeta is I like, but I don't want to make recipes for. So Velveeta is probably the one I want casserole. to do the least. I don't, don't want, want casserole. Cas- for you? No casserole. I, I don't think I've ever eaten a casserole. I'm not actually no, sure like casserole is a broad category. Yeah. Just shit baked in a casserole dish. If I get it, I'm going to make all of us make uh, a cassoulet uh, from scratch. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. Oh, geez. I'm, sure, I'm sure you're going to do it from scratch, too. All right, let's <laughs> give this bad boy a spin. Oh, it's slowing on. It's, oh, oh, it's casserole. It's oh, nightmare. No. It's casserole. <laughs> No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, look out for that cassoulet, everybody. It's uh. free as nightmare. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah. A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of Recipe Club. We are joined with, I think, undefeated. Is she undefeated? Chris I'm not undefeated. No, no, no. Because no, of, no, no. oh. of Chris. Because of Chris. Because of because of Nalco Takemore's gyoza recipe. Which, which I've made two times since Recipe Club. Have you An really? amazing recipe. Yes. Man, you're becoming a dumpling legend. That's awesome. Well, damn near flawless record, Priya Krishna. And uh, I have continued my losing streak uh, through all all of these. So I, I <laughs> am just a loser. Flawless, Flawless. in my uh, <laughs> losing streak. We are doing uh, casserole as the wheel of death landed on casseroles. And I'm a little bit surprised because I felt that if we were going to do a recipe club on the aforementioned name casserole, that we would do recipes with casserole in the name. But clearly, I'm the only person that followed the rules. I've come prepared for this argument. Uh, me too. I anticipated this. <laughs> yes. And- well, you know, I don't want to be against Scalia here, but here I am uh, being a, a originalist in my interpretation of the word casserole, part of recipe club. And you guys just interpreted it as 
do whatever you want. So let's talk about that. Oh, contraire, mon frere. Uh, <laughs> first of all, let's do our, our, our typical Google context here. You Google casserole recipe, you get 150 million results. Wow. Uh, many of them have the word casserole in them. Many do not. So, I mean, Priya, do you want to do you want to do opening remarks, or sh- or shall I dig into uh, why Dave is wrong about this? Well, what I want to say about casseroles is that I tended to avoid them my entire life. So when we landed on casserole, I was like, I don't know what to pick. But Chris literally defined casserole in the last episode of Recipe Club as anything that can be like put in a dish and baked. So Chris established a very broad interpretation of casserole, which I took to mean many things, which made it great for me because it meant I didn't have to, you know, do the, what I view as a casserole, which is sort of like a beigey, one note, kind of goopy creation, which are not my favorite, but allowed me to kind of get creative with the recipe I submitted. My my defense is a form of mutually assured destruction, <laughs> because if we're abiding most strictly by the definition of casserole, which I looked up in the Oxford Food Companion, none of us did a casserole, because <laughs> the very first early definition of casserole, which is, comes from a Greek word to a Latin word to an old French word to English, is a covered heat-proof vessel in which food is cooked and served, or by extension, the food cooked in such a vessel. I actually don't think any of our recipes were covered. <laughs> When the English took over the word, casseroles became a dish of cooked rice molded into the shape of a casserole cooking pot and then filled with a savory mixture or a border of mashed potato or rice surrounding a fricassee or curry. So none of us made a casserole, but in the most contemporary definition of what this thing is, it's something that's cooked low in the oven. It's a means generally in English speaking parts of the world of using up leftover food or where processed foods and soups or sauces play a starring role because they save time and and energy and money. So that is the textbook definition of it. I agree. Chang's chicken, bacon, ranch, casserole, probably Hughes closest to that last definition. It's, it's store-bought stuff. That's cheap. That can be thrown together. It has the name fucking casserole (laughs) in the goddamn (laughs) dish. Like, I will say though, I appreciate the idea of a casserole, taking what's around, putting it in a dish, making it into something that's greater than the sum of its parts. Like all respect to the casserole concept. Dave is having just a hard time even believing that this is this is happening. His I I, 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 I just I I I, (laughs) the fucking recipe club is called casserole today. It's like that's what we're supposed to do. We could at least choose recipes with the name casserole in it. When the here's the here's the logical thing. It's like hey, uh, it landed on the recipe uh, we landed on um, uh, beef ribeyes, and you guys like. I'm cooking chicken. <laughs> that's not. That I don't think no that's the same thing. To what's happening here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cook a, f- a frozen salmon. I'm like, what the okay. fuck is going on? Would you consider clam chowder to be a soup? It's a chowder. <laughs> but is it not a soup? It's not a <laughs> no, soup. This is the hot dog is a sandwich type of shit. No, it's a fucking chowder. Mm, minestrone. Minestrone, soup or not? It's a soup. Yeah, but it doesn't have soup in the name. No. <laughs> yes. No, no. Big time yes. No, that doesn't count. This is more 
a beef recipe, you guys cook chicken. <laughs> Dave fully expected this to be a five minute episode where we just concede defeat. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that like, this sets really bad precedent moving forward, much like the Supreme Court. Like this is a very landmark decision you guys have voted on that we, you can interpret any recipe to do whatever the fuck you want. I'll tell you what, like the Supreme Court, there is an odd number of people that comprise this club and two of them mm-hmm. <laughs> on this bench have voted to include recipes without the word casserole in it. We're a liberal leaning Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just saying, like, I guess right now you can cook anything you fucking want moving forward. <laughs> this is the most Clarence Thomas has ever spoken in a hearing of the <laughs> Supreme Court. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you know how much it pains me that I have to be a goddamn... Scalia-like member here? This is very painful. I could tell. Yeah, I mean, like, listeners can't actually see there is a great deal of pain in the eyes of Dave Chang right now. I'm basically with Clarence Thomas and fucking Kavanaugh and all these assholes, and that's how I feel. You guys put me in this box, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get out of the, the, the... Let's drain the swamp here a little bit and get into the real talk about casseroles. Beyond the definition, beyond this semantic argument, are you guys cooking this style of of food? How often are you cooking casseroles, whether they have casserole in the name or not? This is the first time I've ever made casserole in my life. (laughs) And and I have never eaten a casserole because I never went to white people's homes. I've never had a tuna milk casserole. I've never had a casserole, maybe ever. Mm -hmm. This is my first one. It's big ditto over here. I have never cooked a casserole. I've never eaten one at home. I don't think I've ever even eaten one at someone else's home. I think the closest I got was at a restaurant. They did like a fancy version of tuna noodle casserole, but it was like deconstructed and had saffron and curry leaves. So it probably doesn't count. So I'm very new to this. (laughs) The only casserole you've ever had is a deconstructed casserole. (laughs) The word casserole is great as a as a food category genre. I'm loving saying it. It's it is casserole, good. and I could see it on restaurant menus when restaurants come out of this, you know, the bubonic plague that is where we're at. Like I could see now, like casserole with different kinds of casseroles in that because what's not to like? It's a going to be good for the most part, I would imagine, but. Maybe we're the wrong people to talk about casseroles. Ying, did you eat casseroles growing up in Orange County? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I mean, my dad would make things like chicken a la king, which I think mm-hmm. is basically what we're talking about. It's it's like chicken baked in cream of something or other soup, but it was it was never sort of baked this way. I guess he would he would do it like in a stew pot. So no, I don't I don't really know what this is, and. I get kind of put off, honestly, and maybe I'm just wrong, but I think that in my in my head, casseroles are super cheesy and creamy too, which seems to be more or less the theme across all three of ours, but like it just seems intense. I, I will give you one surprise though that I learned. My wife, Korean American, she grew up eating casseroles. Oh, interesting. Yes. Like straight up American style? Her mom, she, so Grace grew up in Seattle and where she grew up, it was, um, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but there was a lot of casserole eating and her mother has like a creamy chicken casserole that I believe I've actually had once, but it just wasn't called casserole. But Grace is like, I grew up eating, you know, something 
like this her entire life. So there you go. Interesting. This makes Grace Grace's food preferences make so much sense. You're like, oh yeah, Grace loves like ranch dressing, <laughs> box mac and cheese. Like, yes, I see where this came from. Oh, <laughs> makes sense. Okay, so let's get into the actual recipes we chose here. Um, we took three <laughs> different approaches. Uh, Dave's, as he has very subtly hinted at is the the most sort of casserole straight ahead casserole casserole it is a chicken bacon ranch casserole that he identified while we were still recording the last one he did a quick google search and came up with chicken bacon ranch casserole i believe you said something about that being a holy trinity chicken bacon ranch priya chose Cheese enchiladas from Sylvia Casadas, the enchilada, what is she, the enchilada queen? Yes, the enchilada queen. In, where is it, Brownsville, Texas? Is that what it is? Um, yes, in Brownsville. And I chose a chicken doria recipe, a doria gratin. I think it's, its official name was my secret rice gratin, doria, which is a Japanese yoshoku, meaning sort of like hybrid Western dish of like a creamy chicken, hacky bechamel mixed with rice, baked with cheese and mayonnaise. Um, who wants to go first? Who wants to talk about their recipe first? Well, I think since you won the last one, like in golf, you have the, you have the honor. Okay. Okay. My honor. Um, so like I said, my, my dish is a Doria. Uh, I chose this because I'd, I'd heard of it. I'd heard of it at, like as a pretty common sort of Japanese, you know, home cooking dish. You basically cook chicken breast or chicken thigh, um, onion, some other vegetables. It, you know, the suggestion here is one dash bit of each onions, shiitake mushrooms, spinach. You, you stir fry all of this, then you sort of toss cake flour on top and pour milk in there to thicken into sort of like a bechamelish gravy, a cream stew, I think is what it's called in Japan. And then you mix it with rice. You pack it into a casserole dish or like a gratin dish. You cover it with mayonnaise and cheese and you bake it. Oh, and there's some uh, canned tomato in there for like a little acidity. And I pulled this recipe from CookPad, which I don't know if you guys have any experience with this. From what I understand, at least in Japan and the Japanese version of CookPad, it is like a tremendously popular home cooking resource where it's all sort of user-generated recipes. And I think it's like a lot of really interesting hacks and things like that. It's very home cook oriented. It's not like I'm trying to recreate a restaurant dish or anything like that. And I think like a, a large number of people like Japanese households use this. My friend Ivan Orkin turned me on because his wife uses it all the time. And he's he admitted to me that some of the flavor combinations and ideas that he's served at the restaurant come straight from the mouths of home cooks on CookPad. So uh, the American version or the English version is like a little less robust, but uh that's it. That's Doria. You ba It's baked creamy rice. Before I talk about my experience with it, I want to hear what you guys thought. Well, my first note on this is that reading the instructions for this recipe <laughs> reminded me of like on Great British Bake Off when they have like a technical challenge <laughs> and they're like, make a croissant dough, then right. bake it. Like yeah. it was very kind of fill in the blanks, choose your own adventures. But I, and, and I imagine that it might have been a little tough for a less experienced cook to follow. Um, I just kind of winged it. I guess my impression, I thought this was a cool 
idea and like a cool canvas and that like you can sort of use this general combination and take it in a bunch of different flavor combinations. But I just found it to be so bland. Yeah. And the other thing was I just found the canned raw canned tomatoes on the top to just be like deeply unsettling. Like I watched (laughs) as Seth just like picked the tomatoes off of his serving and just like toss them to the side. Well, the tomatoes really make the dish, Bria, so I feel like that's an unfair... No, I, I think you're right. It's pretty... <laughs> there's not a lot going on. I mean, I, th- I actually thought the tomatoes were going to be the thing that put it over the top. We're going to add a little yeah, something, same. some acidity and brightness to it, but they kind of got lost. Um, I mean, my kids ate it. My daughter ate it up. You know, it's creamy. It's creamy rice. I'm like a huge... For me, like the the the... The telling thing about this is like, I'm a huge leftover eater. Like I love to eat leftovers at any hours of the day. And like, I couldn't touch this after the first day. Unfortunately, I think the idea is cool. I really like, I liked using cook pad. I liked like using the sort of user generated thing, but I don't know. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't in my, it was my favorite thing in the world. Wow. You guys are so harsh on this recipe, including you. <laughs> I'm self-flagellating, man. I don't know what to say other than my recipe came out amazing because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I make Chris's version and and uh, maybe because I've had experience because uh, I've lived in Japan and Yoshoku cuisine is something I'm very, very familiar with. Um, I don't know. Like it just came out great because I've had Doria. I've never actually seen it with rice mixed in. So I did not add the rice. I just had white rice and you scooped it on top. Uh, I yeah. didn't use chicken because um, I didn't have any. And I replaced that with thin pork butt from H Mart. And I added peas, some uh, cremini mushrooms, some frozen spinach. I used some like chicken bouillon and I added some half and half that I had. Just a bunch of leftover stuff. And I just threw in like two tablespoons of uh, cornstarch, didn't even make a slurry, and um, seasoned with a, you know, Momo savory salt, and it came out great. Okay, so what I'm hearing is I made a vastly different recipe than Chris's, <laughs> and it turned out wonderfully. Well, no, it's the same thing. It, it, it's the same thing. It's, it, it's said to add flour. I just added a different uh you know, flour. I had a cornstarch. And you literally just said that if we, if the re- if if it's chicken and we say steak, it's a different thing. <laughs> oh, that you is added up. pork, and it called for no, chicken. I, no, no. Listen, I said beef is chicken. I didn't say pork. I used pork. Pork, something that <laughs> falls in the same category as chicken. No, it same. doesn't. They're both white meats. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say this. One one thing I I, I from. <laughs> One bit of useful information, actually. I agree with you, Dave. I think maybe one of the things that made this dish not work for me was mixing the rice together. Before I made this, I didn't know that that was going to be a part of it. I I assumed that Doria was like rice on the bottom and then covered with a cream sauce and then baked. I mean, maybe that's traditionally it, but I had never seen it with rice mixed in. I was like, that's a stupid idea. I My overall takeaway was like I wanted it to be sort of like saucier and cheesier on mm-hmm. top. And like uh, when you mix the the sauce together with the rice, it became a little drier and it wasn't, that was actually my problem. 
I think that if you made it sans rice, it would have made it a completely different thing. Partly because the rice then adds the starch. It's going to make it much more like increase the viscosity, and, gluey. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and I put mine in the gratin dish, right? And when I tasted it, this is going to be something that I, I, I wish that like we put it in the book that I'm working with Priya. It's similar to a recipe, but like if I just put puff pastry dough on it, I have a chicken mm. pot pie or some kind of pot pie. The filling to me, if you're asking yourself, what does Doria taste like? It tasted like really delicious, savory, creamy pie filling, mm-hmm. like a chicken pot pie or something like that. It tasted exactly like that. And to me, that is a flavor I did grow up eating, miss, eating like you know, Miss Clary's or whatever that pot pie. Like Marie Callender's. Marie Callender's, Miss so Clary's, <laughs> same That same was the thing. psychic you used. Right. And uh, <laughs> so I added, uh, you know, I added QP mayo. I added some Bianco tomatoes and covered it with a lot of cheese. It came out great. Served it with rice. It's a dish that, and I think moving forward, it's now like in terms of rating recipe club is if it's a dish that you like, is it a dish that you're going to make again in the future? Much like Priya talking about the gyoza recipe with, that Chris won with. I'm definitely going to make this again. I'm going to continue to tweak it and it's going to certainly be in my repertoire moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is like not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> This is thrown off Priya's whole case. The surprise <laughs> witness just showed up. I think, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's like, that's what's hard about this for me, honestly, is like, I, I, I really like Doria as an idea. I don't know that this specific recipe works without the tweaks that you're talking about. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the Bianco tomatoes, because I think like ingredient quality will come up a couple of times in this. And it's really tempting, or it was, and I gave into that temptation at least once to just treat casserole as an opportunity to only use shitty ingredients. But like, yeah, Bianco tomatoes will make it better. I, when it I, made when it a lot did, better because of this. The one thing I would say in the recipe that it asked for is, you know, again, Priya knows that I like to have some balance of sweetness, much like people would add acidity. I love Bianco's canned tomatoes. Chris Bianco, one of the great chefs in the world and arguably the best pizza maker in America, arguably. Um, they're very sweet. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew that I, I just crushed some, put it on top, and I also laid it the, the sauce all over it so it would add that balance of sweetness with the creaminess. And I actually think the tomato is a brilliant idea to it because I've never seen tomato on Doria before, maybe like a concasse or something like that, but it has just enough acidity that it actually balances out the crazy creaminess in it. So honestly, I thought it was going to be a piece of shit recipe, and it turned out it turned out to be... For something that's very decadent and very rich, I thought very balanced and mainly because I did use, you know, Bianco tomatoes, but I think it could have worked with any kind of canned tomatoes. It really did balance it out just enough. You know, you're going to eat something that's like not healthy for you, but you know, every once in a while, it's pretty good. And listen, no one's more, no one's as surprised as me about (laughs) liking this recipe. I guess what I would say is, though, if if this was like a Doria challenge and we all had to bring different Doria recipes to the table, like you would not have liked this recipe because you changed it so much, Dave. (laughs) I don't know. I just, you know, as I said, we've talked about this in Recipe Club. Part of this is Recipe Club is if I make a right turn instead of a left turn, I'm not saying I can make it better, but I can get a new result. And that's what I did is, is like, how can I like separate what I know is like 
my own intuition, professional intuition. Like I know that I could make it better. I, I immediately knew I was like, well, a lot of it depends on the kind of rice. I actually think that if you use uh, converted rice or basmati, it probably would work better, quite frankly, than a short grain rice. Hmm. Um, and I think that would have been it. I used basmati. It didn't work out. <laughs> but still, like I, I don't know why you would add rice to it. So if I just add it on top of the rice, I'm still getting the same effect. It's not like I'm adding it to pappardelle or something like that. So... It was all in the same, it was based on a true story, you know? I mean, that part I do agree with, but I think that serving it over rice would have made, like, I would have liked the dish a lot better over rice. I think you should try it. I promise you, Priya, it is really good. And I think you can make this healthier. You don't need to use meat. You could do this completely vegetarian. I'm probably going to do this with broccoli. And frozen vegetables worked really well. So, listen, I like nothing more than to make Chris look bad. And trust me, this is how you know I'm telling the truth. I really like this recipe, and I think it gave me a lot of ideas of how to extrapolate this and to turn it into more things. That's the hard thing about Recipe Club, right? Is like, are we giving a endorsement to a recipe as it appears, which actually, like, it'll come up a couple times in this episode, or are we giving the endorsement to the bones of the thing, right? And with the, we're saying what we're recommending to you, Recipe Club listener, is that you use this recipe, but make some of these adjustments we're talking about. So I don't know. It's an open question and it, it sort of like exists outside of like, who's going to win the episode. It's really like, what are we trying I to do? I also encourage? think you should cook the whole thing in a microwave. I knew he was going to say that. I was waiting for Dave to say <laughs> that. Because it's true. <laughs> you can easily cook the whole thing in a microwave. The, the last thing I want to say about this recipe, we should, we should move on. I think the author says, like, I decided to add the tomatoes to the recipe because, like, I had part of a can of tomatoes left in my fridge and I wanted to use them up. Well, the opposite has now become my problem, which is I opened a can of tomatoes to use some for this recipe and now I got to find another fucking use for half a can of tomatoes. Uh, So anyway, um, the cycle of life continues. Let's move on to... uh, I go. Ching. Well, if you listen to the last one with Priya, which was dumplings, I just chose it because it was <laughs> one of the first things I saw, and I like chicken bacon ranch. Um, again, I do think it's a magical combination. Uh, if you haven't had the Domino's uh, uh, cheesy bread <laughs> with chicken bacon, it's fucking delicious. <laughs> um, but I didn't have the ro- Rotelli pasta, Rotini pasta that it called for. I had Hugo's alphabet pasta, so that's what I used. And I had to buy an $18 jug of ranch mix, which was upsetting because I don't know if I'll use it again. Um, <laughs> Wait, like just a huge jug of the powdered ranch? Season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I used to have one because I put it on popcorn, but I have to get this off my chest. If you like ranch dressing, you're basically saying, I love MSG. <laughs> Commercially made ranch dressing is basically just a vehicle for salt and MSG and nothing else. Nothing mm. else. This buttermilk, uh, wishbone, whatever, ranch dressing powder mix is all MSG with some dry buttermilk powder, garlic, granulated garlic, and chives and all this other stuff. And I added that to basically a bechamel of cheese. You know, it's like, and I made my own Alfredo sauce because I couldn't buy it. I couldn't get Alfredo sauce. So I made my own Alfredo sauce with, that's why I had the half and half. I had half and half and I made a, basically a bechamel, not really a bechamel, mainly cheese, cream, uh, Parmesan cheese and, and whatever cheese scraps I had. And I mixed that in with the noodles 
I microwave my bacon, chop that up, and I microwave my chicken, use scissors, chop all of it up because it's supposed to look like a hot mess, and I baked it off. And um, I'll be honest, we ate it all. all. All three of these, my family devoured all of it over like a day or two. Hmm. Um, I thought it was too salty. Oh, interesting. And I thought it was a very easy recipe. And I don't know. It is exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was what I thought like I made the most traditional casserole of the bunch. So really quickly before I think Priya is dying to say her piece, but I just want to go through what the recipe is. It's, you know, cooked rotini pasta. Wait, who's the recipe by? I can't remember. It is from the diary of a real housewife. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm a busy mom of three, and I love cooking and sharing easy recipes. From slow cooker meals to casseroles, all my recipes are simple to make and will kill you in an instant. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding, Jenny. I'm just kidding. Uh, but just really briefly to, to go over the methodology, it's cooked rotini or fusilli or whatever that pasta shape is, the corkscrews, tossed with jarred alfredo sauce is what it calls for cooked chicken um ranch seasoning which is like basically the packets you would use to make ranch at home topped with two kinds of cheese and baked uh priya krishna i feel like you've been champing at the bit here what do you got to say about this well i just like dave let me say that i went into this with such an open mind i was like you know maybe i'll like this but well, you hate chicken. You hate chicken. I, appreciate, I don't like, like bacon. I don't like ranch and I don't like Alfredo sauce either. Yeah, well. It was like forcing me to eat all the things I don't like. But like, you know, as a food writer, I'm always like, yes, I don't have a preference for these things. But if I eat a dish that changes my mind about them, like I'm super open to it. But I just for me, I ate it and I was like, this chicken feels unnecessary. I want like a crunchy topping and I, I just want macaroni and cheese. That was kind of my thought. Like, I wish I was eating macaroni and cheese. I agree with you about the saltiness. I wish that I had just omitted the chicken altogether. I wish there were some vegetables. I used like the most expensive Alfredo sauce I could find. Like I really tried Dave. Like I, I made the mic, the bacon, until it was nice and crispy. Well, listen, I appreciate it. But again, we gave you the Holy Trinity things you dislike. And, you know, I can't do anything about that. I appreciate that you tried. But it's clearly a recipe that I think is good and uh, simple. Even though I I don't know if I'd make it again in the format that I made it. But I'd probably make it again without the ranch. <laughs> well, I would actually say that the ranch, I felt, was like really necessary. Like mm. the acid and the buttermilk and like kind of that MSG. I found myself like clinging on to that flavor. Like I wanted that. It was too much MSG. They needed to dial it back. And don't nobody I don't want any commenters saying, Well, there's ranch dressing with nutritional yeast. No, 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 no. Let's let's you shouldn't stop <laughs> listening to this podcast forever. Um I think it was a good recipe. It's simple. And I could imagine you know, making this every once in a while. I do know Hugo liked it a lot. So there was a moment uh, where I thought, not only thought that Dave was going to run away with this. I thought this was like the, was a hundred percent a winner. I also thought this might be my favorite recipe I've ever cooked. 
And I'll tell you when that moment was. The moment was we were driving and I forgot that I had to make this. And we stopped for gas. And in the time it took for my wife to pump gas, I ran into the market next door and bought everything I needed and was back in the car before she had finished filling the tank. I bought a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store. I bought Mm. jarred Alfredo sauce. I bought the pasta. I bought the ranch seasoning, which was very easy to find because it was sticking right out of the shelf next to the chips. And I was like, fuck, this is going to be the best thing ever. I think where it went wrong for me was I was trying to cook for my family and my in-laws who are in our COVID pod. And the recipe calls for eight ounces of rotini pasta, which is just like not enough pasta to feed our family. So I think I used more than that. And I think my pasta was a little less saucy, gooey than I would have hoped for because I used the amount of Alfredo. I, d- I didn't read it closely enough until I got home. On the ranch tip, like I agree with you, Priya, it needs the ranch, but as gross as it sounds, I was like, I kind of want this to be ranchier in some way. I kind of expected like ranch. When you say ranch, you expect like ranch dressing. Well, listen, I, again, this wouldn't be uh, me being recipe club if I follow the recipe. I didn't follow the, uh, the, the measurements at all. I, I, everything. And uh, I just dumped a, a, an ungodly amount of ranch powder into it. So it, it calls was for a really tiny ranch. amount. Yeah, it calls for like a little bit. Just oh, to, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I added a, a, a lot. Just like a smattering of so, ranch. So, so much that I had to augment the bechamel. <laughs> you had to like, add more I'd cream add, and so more like milk to it. So much more ranchy <laughs> cheese dressing that it was basically like a tub of fondue. And I didn't oh know what God. to do. So I took out a frozen loaf of um, a, a, like an Italian bread or baguette. I hollowed out just a, I took a triangle out of it and I poured all the sauce into it and baked <laughs> that as well. And I served that with my, my, my noodles. And that was a hit too. Just a bread boat full of bechamel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ranch, ranchy cheese bechamel. And, uh, I'll be honest. Very good. <laughs> I, I want to, maybe I like, maybe if this was like a little, if I had gone ranchier and saucier, I would have liked it more. I mean, it's sort of the same, my same objection to the Doria. And like, that's just a factor of me not using my brain. But what this really made me want to have is like a crispy chicken sandwich with bacon and ranch is really what I wanted at the end of the day. Yeah. We wanted, I totally get that. And I wanted Mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> We both were disappointed. But I mean, I don't know. Do you think, you know, I I, I don't want to just make light of Diary of a Real Housewife. Like, she's saying she's a real housewife, and this is, like, utility, easy cooking. And I don't want to discount that moment that I was like, holy shit, I can – this is the fastest I will ever make dinner. I think it needs a vegetable or some sort of <laughs> green thing somewhere on the side or nearby it, so I don't feel like I'm murdering my family. But – I don't know. Like, I don't want to just, I don't know what the point is of what I'm saying other than like, I don't want to write off that like convenience is a big part. Cost is a big part. Chris, I, I, I agree with you. Like I was able to get all the ingredients for this dish aside from the chicken, like at a bodega. Yeah. Cause I was like, I forgot I had to make this dish too. And I like ran to the bodega and was able to get everything. So I think there is certainly like a utility for this recipe and recipes like it. I also imagine that like, I could see some tweaks I could make to make this more like something 
I would like to eat. But now that I think of it, the tweaks are just making it mac and cheese. So just forget I said that. <laughs> Your tweaks are removing the chicken, the bacon, and the ranch yeah. from this cheesy yeah. pasta. I understand. I, 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 I think you guys are... I don't want to use the word elitist, but I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> well, no, I, Dave, I, Dave, I totally... I, I hear you. I just like... For me, these are just not flavors I grew up with. But I totally, I get I what you're saying. I didn't grow with it either. They're delicious, though. I thought it was great. And I, I, if we put this out to like a large selection of America, I think I'd win. My yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think you're That's right. That's the part that I butt up against. That's the part where I'm like, I don't, I don't, I, I, that was the assumption I made too. It's like, well, this is how America eats. But I don't know. I don't, I want to give America a little more credit because we're all Americans and like, I don't know. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink. With seven rewards, it's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax. Participating U.S. stores, see app for full terms. All rights reserved. The last dish, enchiladas. Talk to us a little bit about the enchilada queen, if you can. Talk to us about your recipe, how it's made, uh, why you chose it. Sure. So um, I was trying to think of like growing up, what was the closest thing I ever had to a casserole? Because we didn't really have them growing up. And for me, uh, that was enchiladas. I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Enchiladas are very basic Tex-Mex food. It's corn tortillas dipped in a chili sauce, uh, stuffed usually with chicken, cheese, ground beef, rolled up, topped with like a really delicious gravy, cheese, onion, and baked. Um, they were my favorite food growing up. Like if I look at like old journals from when I was like seven years old, I literally wrote down the order, my order at B Casino, which is like our local Tex-Mex restaurant which was like cheese enchiladas. I would like sub the chile con carne with like a red sauce and I would get double rice, no beans. And then I would <laughs> shovel the rice on top of the enchiladas so they looked kind of like a porcupine and have like oh, a bite God. with like rice, corn tortilla, cheese, 
And that to this day is like sort of one of my favorite foods. So I was thinking like who makes kind of that platonic ideal of a Tex-Mex enchilada and Sylvia Casares, who is sort of known in Texas as the enchilada queen. She has, she has a restaurant or I don't know if it still exists, but had serves many varieties of enchiladas and she has written cookbooks about this. And I was like, well, who better to like sort of teach me how to make an enchilada, which I've never made before at home than her. Um, I will say, you know, I looked at this recipe and I was like, this recipe is not easy. It has a couple components, but in my opinion, a good enchilada, like other dishes, like a cassoulet is kind of like worth, worth the effort that it takes to make. And for me, I was really thrilled with how this turned out. I was like in like snowy upstate New York eating like the cheese enchiladas of my childhood dreams. I will say, how do I, how do I sum up my feelings about this? I made super delicious enchiladas from a completely inscrutable recipe. <laughs> and I don't hold, and, and it's not about Sylvia Casadas or her recipe because we, the, the, the link that we used was like a reprinted recipe in the like Laredo morning times or something. Yes. It is, I, I just, I don't even know what to say because it's like the 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 final product was amazing. The way this re- I can't recommend that people look at this recipe because it's just insane. There are four sub recipes, all of which will, if you do it the way they sort of say, it it will drive you insane because you've got to like make too much of one thing and you could have just combined these steps over here. It's just it's a disservice to like what is ultimately like an amazing recipe is the way it's printed. So I will say that. There's a much better recipe that's almost the exact same, but just more streamlined in the Houston Chronicle. But uh, you guys didn't give me a budget to pay for a Houston Chronicle (laughs) subscription. (laughs) Otherwise, I would have submitted that one, which is way more user-friendly. So I had to find the free version, and this was the only free version. So don't hold it against me. The free version, (laughs) it it really defies... Time laws of time space. Uh, I don't understand. <laughs> it's like being what happened. It tr- it's truly like the the end of Inception, where by the end you are in the fifth level of the subconscious, trying to figure out the Tex Mex gravy mix. But let me just really quickly again go through the methodology. I want to hear how Chang tweaked and modified his. But basically, the, the instructions are: you make a, a chili gravy, which is ground beef and onion and and spices thickened with a a roux. You season and soften tortillas first by, you make kind of like a chili sauce or chili water with like uh, um, rehydrated dried chilies. You blend that up and then you kind of dip the tortillas in there to season them. Then you kind of soften them by putting them in hot oil. You wrap them around cheese. You smother the whole thing with gravy and more cheese and then diced onion. It's fucking delicious. But like the recipe itself was hard to get there, but I'm sure Chang, you, you, uh, you changed some things. Well, I, I love being typecast because you're correct. <laughs> I, I did. If the uh, I mean, I really shoe had fits. a hard time uh, following the recipe, uh, free or not. It is something where I, I was, I did feel like I was, you know, the space time continuum broke. I didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> you're so hard to follow. <laughs> did not understand because you know when you're scrolling through, there's like advertisements too and you're like going up and down you're like that's what all the sylvia's fault it's not just saying fault it doesn't matter but it's just like a very of all the recipes that this one is so simple but it was like a a, a moibia strip or something like i didn't even know what was going on because every time i would make something like did i just miss something like the chili water for example like there's two ingredients and then you skip over to something something like 
I'll tell you, I, 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 here's what I omitted or changed. I didn't make the chili water. I just bought enchilada sauce, number one, because I was lazy. <laughs> and, it, and I didn't want to make the time to do that. I did make the gravy exactly as suggested, and it was delicious. And I think that um, I also did not pan fry uh, the tortillas. What I did was I bought 12 corn tortillas and I just opened up uh, the organic enchilada sauce and I poured it all over the tortillas and let it soak for like five minutes. Because again, part of what I want to do with Recipe Club myself personally and cooking at home is to use as little pots and pans as possible. And definitely when I read the recipe, I was like, that's dangerous because now you want me to fry something that it's wet. And I don't want to do that. Like, I just, I didn't, I, I, I'm not trying to take away from the recipe at all. I'm sure it's potentially even, I mean, not potentially, it is better. This is what she requested. I'm not trying to like be disrespectful. I just didn't want to like clean up a mess, much like Priya's uh, BLT soaked, uh, you know, the tempeh soaked in, uh, in hot sauce, which was like a fireworks explosion. <laughs> I don't, did you guys have problems uh, frying the tortillas? Yeah, I did. I mean, I just ended up, doing it on low heat. And I also found that like, it's best to kind of shake off the excess sauce. Like yeah. you don't want like too much drippy liquid coming so off. That's the what I was, that's the one thing I was going to say is like, I had that same fear chain and I didn't want to do the softening in oil, but I actually thought I learned a little something. Cause I just, I didn't do it in super hot oil. It wasn't oil that was going to like fry yeah. it crispy. I slid it into a shallow amount of oil for like she said, five, seven seconds and they came out softened and it was actually great. I actually thought that that was an interesting thing because I had the same fear, but it, it worked out. It worked out well for me. I wanted to ask you both about the gravy though, because I did make it according to the instructions as well. And it's like you blend some water with onion and garlic until smooth. Basically you simmer that with ground beef in more water and then it's like skim the scum that right. I just had a hard time with like whatever was happening there. It's like pureed onion with beef and I was just not able to skim the top. Uh, I didn't really have any like scum that came to the surface. So there was like nothing for me to skim. So I just didn't skim. I have to say I was very, like I was a little bit skeptical, you know, in most, like I feel like my mind always wants to like brown the onions, yeah. add the beef, brown the beef, deglaze the pan. So the fact that we were like, boiling the beef like i kept rereading recipe being like am i browning the beef at any point but like end result was great so end result was great i think ultimately what you ended up with like was a smooth sauce with like little flecks of ground beef which like i think was why you don't just kind of like saute the onions and then throw the beef in there that's like more of like a ragu or something so i got that i fucked up i like i really fucked up my roux I just overdid it and my sauce was just like too thick. But like I said, ultimately the enchiladas at the end of the day were amazing. I used Primavera tortillas from El Molino Central and like that made a world of difference. Like that's yeah. what we're talking about with sort of just because you're doing a casserole doesn't seem like an excuse to do shitty ingredients. And I try to use the best stuff I could and like, man, it was really fucking good at the end of the day. The recipe as it's printed is... Uh, I don't know. I've been reading How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. And I think you can like 
you could take LSD, you can sit in a drum circle, or you can try to decipher this recipe if you want to like see the origins of the universe. Like I will say, like if you were to see this recipe laid out in her cookbook, like I think it would be a lot more intuitive. I think I, this I is believe like that entirely. I believe that entirely. Yeah. A layout issue. I will also say that like to Dave's point, like I've started to think about recipe club too, as like, I write recipes, assuming people are going to tinker with them and being like, how can I write a recipe that works as written, but also works if you tinker with it a little bit. And I think that like this recipe works in both. I think it works in both ways. Like, I just think the fundamental flavors are good. It works. It gets you that like Tex-Mex flavor that you're craving. Well, you know, it's a good point in terms of me deciding to admit the frying of the tortillas. I read the recipe and I wanted to know what the desired result was. And she said it was less to do about texture or flavor, but more about pliability. So this is again, how I'm reverse engineering it. I was like, well, I do know that if I saturate that in a sauce, it will be more pliable. So I'm, yeah. I'm part of recipe club is me like sort of hacking away stuff that without changing the integrity of the recipe. And I soaked it for about five minutes brush it off. And in the casserole pan that I baked everything in, I then filled it with cheese, rolled them up. And that's how I did it. And then the rest of the sauce that was in the metal bowl that I soaked the tortillas in, I put that into the gravy and I added that. And the enchilada sauce is basically what I was going to make anyway with the addition of tomato, which doesn't really have it. But I was like, that's not going to be a bad thing because I'd probably add that anyway. So I wasn't trying to F with the recipe. I was just trying to, again, be pliable and to make it something that was going to still be super delicious without changing anything. And even though I changed it, I think I came out with something that was still incredibly tasty. Yeah, I, I don't argue with that like that method of softening or making the tortillas more pliable. I will say though that like the the result of doing it her way was pretty awesome. I think yeah. soaking the tortillas in that chili and then just softening them in because like really what's what makes like a store bought or not fresh tortilla soft is a little addition of heat, and like you can do it on a you know just an open flame or something. But now they were covered in sauce, so really the the best way was the way she suggested and like i will say the results were amazing the one thing that i was also was confused about though was like i think in the instructions i realized this as i was like packing my casserole dish full of enchiladas like she instructs to kind of like leave space between each one uh that wasn't possible for me i didn't i didn't leave space it didn't make a difference i think it's i think it's great when they're jam-packed like i I think think that's good i don't need like a a intact enchilada to be happy um I think this will be this will be a challenge to vote on here because I think like the ideas for the enchilada were great. I don't know that like the recipe as it was was great for me, but that's the same thing for the doria. So, but the 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 enchilada to me, having never made enchiladas ever, but eating a lot of them in my lifetime, it reminded me of basically being like, this is basically a much quicker version of making a lasagna bolognese mm-hmm. yeah totally mm-hmm. it reminded me of that and i was like man in terms of the, like your return on investment and time making a lasagna in the traditional like northern italian way is is so time consuming and i think the people that i served to my family was like they probably loved it as much or more when i make like a lasagna that takes like six eight hours to make mm-hmm. and i was like 
maybe I'm only going to make this. You know, it's so much easier. I, I will say that like having, I've never, I'd never made enchiladas either. And this being my foray, like I, let's just get into the voting because basically of these three things, the thing I will make again, probably most likely is enchiladas, whether I'm using this exact recipe or not, like I'm going to make enchiladas again now that I've, I've broken through. So let's do votes. Let's go in order. My recipe from Cookpad, the chicken Doria, my secret gratin. Uh, Priya, thumbs up or thumbs down. Will you make this again? What do you think of this recipe? I like the idea, but I probably wouldn't make it again. Sounds like a thumbs down. Dave? I'm definitely going to make it again, and I'm going to continue to tweak this. So it's going to be, you know, part of it's 100% part of my repertoire moving forward. I, I will make Doria again. I'll probably still incorporate tomatoes. I'm going to do what Dave said, which is sauce on top instead of mixing the rice. I guess I got to give my own recipe a thumbs down. So that's one thumbs up for this one. Chicken, bacon, ranch, casserole, Priya, up or down? Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you're a little sad about hurting Dave's feelings about this one. I just, I'm just so predictable. You know, I just, a part of me really wanted to be like, oh my God, chicken, bacon, ranch, casserole. This is awesome. But I just... It's okay, you know, it's like, listen, I I think that it is a thumbs up, but again, I think it's an important discussion that we should table or have at another date. It's the mere fact that I think we would all agree that if you gave this a national polling, this would probably be the recipe that wins. And what does that say about us? Yeah. I mean, depending on where you're asking. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. So, I mean. The flavors to me are unmistakable Americana. I agree. I think it's I think it's very important that we keep on plugging away at, at at this and not just stay in our kind of, you know, yeah, our bubble. I totally agree. Like I I sometimes worry that my like tastes are quote unquote pretentious. They're not pretentious. I didn't grow up eating like fancy food. My idea of fancy food was like Olive Garden, but yeah, these tastes just feel really unfamiliar to me and they're not something that I ever developed a taste for in the same way that I developed a taste for like kimchi later in life. I will Mm. give one suggestion to the people that make this recipe and I do think you should make it because it is a good recipe and it's something that again, like if you're, you need to make dinner quickly, it's a very simple thing to make. Really it is. It is very good reheated the next day Mm. or two after the fact. Or later that night. Or later that night. (laughs) Uh, I, I think for the, you know, I, I think, I mean, just to dispense with the voting, like if I gave my recipe a thumbs down, I think similarly, like I've got to give one here, but both the chicken bacon ranch and the Doria are like fast recipes and they are like feed your family for cheap with whatever you've got around. And like, I, while I don't recommend these recipes in, in terms of like the larger casserole canon, I think there's more to see. I'm not shitting on either one. I think like if you're out well, there and you're okay, listening, you're like, right, let's just cut to the chase. Priya won again for fuck's sake. Like, I mean, I'm going to give, but here's the thing that depends on you, Dave, because I'm going to no, say she won. it's clearly just like, I'm going to give the enchilada recipe itself a thumbs down. Like, I think that I can't in good conscience recommend people look this recipe up and use it. I think they should read it and do their own thing. But I mean, if, if people just listen to this podcast and made it from what we just said, it's going to be great. And again, going by the reaction from Grace, Grace, if you had to give the three, she's right there. It's enchilada by far and away number one. 
Story of the two, and I'm last place, right? She nods Angela her head. Is Grace, yes. So Grace, <laughs> Grace, Grace's eyes. I always know when Grace really genuinely likes something because her eyes, like her eyebrows, like pop up like a cartoon. <laughs> and when she tasted it, I was like, I fucking lost immediately. I knew I lost. <laughs> the uh, okay, fine. So it's a it's another victory for Priya. Let's call it. Let's call it two two thumbs up to two to two losers who had one thumbs up. Um, really quickly though, before like, I, I did want to ask you guys, are there other casseroles that piqued your interest as you were cruising around all the stuff you want to make from this, from this, uh, field of research? I'll tell you, I wanted to make a, um, the, the first thing I want to submit, but then I was got nervous that Dave was really going to shit on it was a, like a Hong Kong cafe style, like baked curry rice. Um, have you guys ever had that one? It's basically like the Doria, but with curry flavoring i think that people out there should look into that well macanese again curry. that's a whole nother genre of chinese baked rice clay and there you rice. go why i didn't choose it was i knew i was gonna get that grief from it why don't you just make biryani <laughs> why don't you just order a pizza then you fucking make a, idiot make a make a paella <laughs> make fideas it's the same thing uh yeah, I like considered like a sort of like a Persian type of like chicken rice yogurt, tons of warming spices. That looked really good. I guess for me, I the the ones I was I was gravitating towards were like kind of the non-americana type recipes, like Mexican and like kind of Persian Italian were kind of where I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I did try and find like an Indian inspired casserole, but there were none that that looked good to me. You know what, Priya? Could you? Couldn't you technically do like a, like a, a a sag, and like just put breadcrumbs on it and bake it? That'd be a casserole, like sag paneer. Yeah, actually, I considered. I like thought about like how I would do a casserole, and I think sag would be an amazing base, especially if you replace the paneer with like a melting cheese, like mozzarella would be really interesting. I think that would have been a casserole. I thought about doing that because that's, I think that would have worked. But guess what? I reminded myself that that doesn't have casserole in the definition. And I tried to go by the the letter of the word and you guys chose not to. So that's maybe yeah, one reason listen, why I lost. I actually, I really hope a listener takes my mom's sog feta recipe, like cooks rice, mixes in the spinach gravy, and then puts more on top with the sog feta, bakes it, and then puts the chunk on top. Please report back. I bet that. I, I think really that good. that that methodology would apply to so many different, yes, like one hundred percent Asian cuisines. Really, like just bake the rice with the sauce on top. Like that sounds fucking great. Um, let's get to the wheel. I've got a little modification that I figured out I'm that so, I think is I'm going so to. I'm so upset, guys. I'm so fucking upset <laughs> that you guys just interpreted this to be a wide open fucking thing. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's still mad. Uh, the The new wrinkle is a reward for the re- is for the winner of the episode. The way we're going to change this up and make the wheel a little bit more meaningful is now the the recipe club winner will re- replace the item on the wheel. So last week it was casseroles. We're removing casseroles from the wheel, and Priya, you get to pick a new dish to go onto the wheel in its place. Like any dish, any dish you want, anything you want. Oh, we're also going to be carrying over these wheels from week to week. So last time Priya's wheel had biryani, canned crescent rolls, casserole, eggplant, flatbread, halibut, hummus, instant ramen, and spaghetti. You will be replacing casserole and 
as a little bit of strategy, I will say that if you wanted to repeat an ingredient right. on here, you right. can put it on here twice. So Priya, what do you want to put on here instead of casserole? The um dal. No, no, Dave, because I just I feel like you've been like plotting the doll episode. <laughs> he for has too been long. like oddly like pushing for doll. I feel like he's got like a, 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 a doll card up his sleeve. He does. He does. It's in our book. Oh shit. I've cooked oh, it. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> what do you think, PK? What about I would my instinct was um yogurt because like everyone has an opinion on how to make yogurt and i wanted to like put my dad's recipes against what i'm sure will be dave's like microwave recipe and your like instant pot recipe <laughs> what the fuck um yeah if you want to put yogurt on here as in make yogurt and not a dish made with yogurt like make your own yogurt and you can choose the flavor too like someone could oh okay do I'm like a fancy it, yogurt i'm gonna call it homemade yogurt then how to die from botulism <laughs> how to die from botulism okay Freya, that's your that's your uh your choice there we're gonna put homemade yogurt on the wheel i'll give it one more shuffle uh can crescent rolls you know, <laughs> I, just think can, I would be i would be excited about canned crescent rolls that sounds delicious nobody wants halibut i don't want hummus no i just there's really only one like is good hummus and there's bad hummus. So I don't think there's really everything. I want biryani because I want to eat it, even though I know I'm going to lose that. I want canned crescent rolls because I want to eat well, that. Well, in terms of time, the ones that are going to take the most amount of time, I think it is going to be biryani. Yeah, biryani is super, super time consuming. But I want biryani be every pain. fucking day. Okay, let's give it a spin. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. No, 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 no. Can we just stop? Nobody wants to do halibut. We have to, Dave. We have no choice. I hate halibut. I mean, this is this is. But Dave, think about it. None of us love halibut, so this is like the quest to get us to like halibut. In many ways, this is a good challenge. And I think you know for a fact that halibut, like people in America, love halibut. Yep. People fucking love it. So I mean, there's nothing. Listen, it's not a fun fish to catch. Number one, it just is like dead weight <laughs> on the other part of the line. And Wait, do we have to catch our own halibut for this <laughs> recipe? Club? A lot of times, halibut can be wormy, and uh, I don't know. I just don't like halibut. Well, under our new loose interpretations, you could be like, "Well, halibut's a flat fish, so I'm just going to use turbo instead." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're we're not gonna do. Let's let's just decide. No, we're not let's do it because halibut is a very popular fish, and I admit I don't cook with it either. I don't love it, but like let's Ugh. let's work with it. Let's see what happens here. Um, okay, parting thoughts about casseroles, about what you're cooking at home right now. Anything you guys want to talk about before we uh, no. end this meeting? Can we the just, club? What 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 is the win loss record right now? What is Priya's like? She's what <laughs> nine and one. <laughs> Nah, she's like, what are you, five and one or something? Six something and one? Like that. Five and one? I'm, what, one of my 0 and 12? Yeah, you have her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not sure what it is, Dave. I'm just not sure what it is. I'm sure the food you're making is delicious. I just don't know if, uh, you're in the wrong system. That's what it is, man. <laughs> you know what I think it is, Dave? Quarterback in the wrong system. I feel like all of your recipes are like the top SEO recipe. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? What is the SEO? Oh, search, search engine. engine optimization. I noticed that like 
your dumpling recipe was like when you Google veggie dumplings, it was like the first result. And then your chicken bacon ranch recipe was like when you search chick- chicken bacon ranch, it's like on the first page of well, results. What are you trying to say about my my? Oh, my oh, effort God. here? Oh, God. I mean, I think we both know. Uh, yeah, okay, let's just remind everybody, Chris Yink got into an Ivy League university. <laughs> Clearly, you're listening to three people, two of which were truly great students, and one, as you can see, just did cliff notes. <laughs> Didn't read books, but needed cliff notes on cliff notes, and that's basically what Recipe Club has been. And I'm trying, guys. I'm making all. The, I'm making all the fucking food. I'm not winning. I feel like I feel like it's right around the corner, Chang. I feel like halibut's your. Halib- <laughs> I think halibut could be it. Dave cooks really good seafood. That's true, actually, Chang. I bet you can pull out a victory with halibut. And it should be said that you can submit your own recipes. That's true. All right. Thanks for listening to Recipe Club, where I lost again and Priya won won again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks, everybody, as always, for listening. Um, Keep sending in suggestions and emails. Keep looking at our Facebook group to follow along and cook along with us. I really enjoy seeing people cooking these recipes at home. Give us five stars on iTunes. Tell your friends. We don't, we've never told people to tell their friends about this, but like, please tell people about the podcast if you like it. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs>